Oh, I like that, uh, the green one too. Oh, that's that my, kind yeah. Of like a tin. And now it looks tiny because of perspective. It almost fits like it's, it's pretty. It actually is smaller. Fit into the other one. It probably could fit into the other one. They're like, uh, what are yeah. those little dolls? They are uh, the Russian nesting dolls. Russian nesting dolls. So you have Russian nesting mugs. <laughs> Russian nesting mugs. Welcome back to Adulthood Friends, the discussion-based podcast where two former childhood acquaintances, now friends, discuss the things that truly matter. Truly. Uh, that's good. I know. Yeah. Converted you to my side of adverb well, loving I people. We should, should even it out. Sometimes we say it without, sometimes we say it with. <laughs> uh, so I'm Maya. I'm Josh. And this is our fourth episode. And um, I have to say, so far, it's been surprising the number of people that have been listening, at least surprising to me. I don't think it's throwing Josh as much because he's used to some you know, minor fame. I don't know what to call it uh, <laughs> with this film. I wouldn't but, say that exactly. Well, how many views do you have on that one on that one film on YouTube? I do have a movie uh, on YouTube that I made with a friend that has ten and a half million views. Right. So I'm assuming you don't so, know all those people. I they, I know them all personally. They're all real good friends <laughs> <Yeah>. of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for me, um, so when we started the podcast and posted it, as soon as we saw like six people, because I we have the statistics saw that six people had listened to it. And I was like, oh my God, six people listened to an hour of us talking. And Josh was like, uh-huh. But I mean, for me, even that was crazy. And now we're at 150 listen, like Ooh. listens, but I mean, it's probably- I mean, it's possible people. you guys just listen to the beginning of it and you're like, all right, I'm done. That's true. But do you think 50 people listen to the beginning of three episodes? That seems less likely. Yeah, there's there's probably some Less variation like, in there. Yeah, someone's at least even if five of those people are listening yeah. to the whole thing, that's already so many more suckers. people. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I mean, in a way, it's very exciting, but it can also kind of, uh, at least for me, I can get sort of a self-censoring effect. There's a better word for that. I get what you mean. Inhib- I'll sort of inhibit myself sometimes because I can yeah. I think about all the people listening instead of just saying what I'm thinking. Start so, to get you get, you get really self-conscious. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably that's probably something that a lot of people share. Yeah, kind of. Oh, so that's kind of leading into what we're going to talk about today, isn't it? That's exactly leading into what we're going to talk about. So our topic today is self-expression. So why do we do it? Uh, what kinds of things might stop us from doing it? So what are the challenges, and also what are the rewards of of honest or authentic self-expression? So yeah, let's get started. back not by the way i should mention uh i want to say thank you to my good friend tam tam duong who's a wonderful artist and musician who did our opening podcast music so shout out to tam for that yeah thank you tam thank you tam so we're talking about self-expression today and one of the parts of self-expression i think is the fear of being judged by people so i mean we imagine this like hyper judgmental person sometimes it's a real person we think oh what will that person think of us or maybe it's just the most critical versions of ourselves listening. Yeah, you're nodding to that. Do you no, think I get exactly what you're, ta- what you're talking about. I just imagine um, a little Aya Ishai in my head. Yeah. Oh, that's... <laughs> I'm just Actually, kidding. Me I'm too. kidding. Oh, I wonder if everyone's got that tiny Aya Ishai. I think of the most judgmental person I can put. No, I just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I am pretty judgmental. I think naturally I'm fairly judgmental. So I end up having to tell myself, like, nobody cares. And if they do care, if they care like so much that they're going to pick on what you're doing and say like, oh, that's so stupid. Why would they do that? Why did they say that? Then they have their own problems. Does that seem? That's fair. I think that's true. Josh. No, I, you know, <laughs> I talked to them much. Don't no, I just want to I need you to talk, man. I need <laughs> no, I went, I went for, I just went for my run. As long as I go for my run, I told you I'm like a child that like, once I, I like run around for a little while, I get tired out and then I become a lot more you know malleable and yeah <laughs> easy like, going you get to like a normal person's energy level exactly exactly yeah. when I'm tired people love talking to me <laughs> no I mean I'm used to your energy kind of getting everything going so <laughs> your silence is very unnerving you're <laughs> feel free to, to talk more <laughs> I'll, okay all right well what well now when you tell somebody to talk well you know you're talking to a guy who is um all about self-expression I 
I mean, I'm a, yeah. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a storyteller, actually. People ask me what I like to do. I tell them I am a storyteller because I don't know, people, <laughs> this, is, this is a little bit of a digression, but if you, people are like, oh my God, you like shooting movies, right? You're like, you're a filmmaker, right? Oh, do you want to like shoot my kid's bar mitzvah? <laughs> it's like, and you're like, no, oh, wow, that's that's, really that's great not at all what I, I, I had to, yeah, I had to ask myself, I'm like, that's not what I enjoy at all. No, yeah. I, it's not the act of shooting that is my favorite thing. It's, um, I like telling stories and the medium of film is a great way to do it, but I've done plays. I've done, I, I write stories, short stories, you know, screenplays and, you know, that Can kind I of pause thing as for well. A second there? Do you not think that a bar mitzvah could be a very entertaining film though? Like there's a lot going on there. You know, like it's a, <laughs> it a I could be if it was a film, but it's not a film. They just want me to record. I don't get to have any say over yeah. it. And I like to have oh, that control. They don't want <laughs> you to like to expose the dark underbelly. Yeah. Of, yeah. Maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm going to, I'm actually, there's some people who really like doing documentary type stuff. I like telling yeah. narrative films. I like having an idea in my head yeah. and bringing it to life. And I feel like okay. you and I have some similarity in that regard you also like you like writing we actually this is one yeah. of the things that we as we got to know each other better especially as adults we realized hey we both like writing things we both like telling stories yeah and I think for me I don't know if it's so much the storytelling I actually have to ignore the fact that there might be an audience to actually get into something so for me any kind of writing or self-expression type thing or even this is much easier when I forget that there might be someone uh, reading it or listening to it later and then it, it I can be more natural and ideally I just think of myself as the audience so I, you're the audience the story yeah do you do it like, for yourself do you think or do you do it for a potential audience at all I mean I guess if I were completely doing it for myself why would I put it why would I post it at all so right I I think it's a bit of both um but like for writing I have to be doing it for myself while I'm going through the process. And then once it's done and I've kind of removed myself from it, then I can share it. And then I want, you know, I'll send it to people and say like, Oh, what do you think? But mm -hmm. it's weird. I'm it's like that. It, it it's like be. a, it's like that classic battle that artists have between wanting to put, you know, share their work and put it out there and being terrified yeah. of anyone ever seeing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, if I'm thinking about a, potential person at the end of it, it really, I think it really negatively affects whatever I do, because then you're thinking like, oh, what am I supposed to do? What's normal for people to do? Whereas if you just stop thinking about that, then things that, the things that come out end up being a little bit more, in my opinion, more interesting, more creative, probably a little bit more original. Um, mm -hmm. so you're doing you're it for yourself. Yeah, well, because you stop worrying about what the rules are or what you're supposed mm -hmm. to be doing or expected to be doing. And then, yeah, once there's nothing expected of you and once you think nobody's going to listen to this or nobody's going to read this, then you're kind of free. You should you know, be free all along, but some of us have to work a little harder to get there, I guess. I thought about this a lot. You know, there's a lot of famous um, directors and writers and people that some of their first works are often some of their best. Mm. And I think part of that reason is, you know, they didn't know what they couldn't do in a sense, like, I feel like when you're starting out that ignorance about how hard something is going to be and how people are going to take it and all that stuff is, is actually really good. Mm -hmm. um, you take these risks that you may otherwise be more afraid to take when you, when you see the system, when, you, when, you, when you're in it, right? But when you're, when, you're, when you're starting out with something and you're like, screw it, whatever, um, I think that actually is when you make some of your, your best stuff. And anybody who's up there who tells you otherwise um don't listen to them because <laughs> that means yeah. they've actually they they're scared that some people are just just because you've been doing something longer doesn't mean you're less afraid it actually might mean you're more afraid sometimes right. because uh you well, keep you, you get, you can get more bucks exactly yeah. once you exactly and i remember for me for example when i started um i used to you know i i started out in canada before i moved to la to go to film school which is a very structured mm -hmm. system here you know I remember I was a very, I was, I felt like a big fish in a small pond, which can actually be really useful. I think if you start out, if you're coming from like a small town and you want to do something artistic and there's not that much of a structure around you, you may be saying, I don't know if I'm doing any of this right. 
But if you just do, then you're just doing it because you love it. You're just trying to figure things out. And I ended up making, I remember like a ton, I made a ton of movies back in Canada, a ton of short films. In fact, there's this mug that I'm drinking from right here. <laughs> one of my films. I mean, so yesterday, uh, small digression. Well, shout one out my, to uh, your, yeah. Yeah, one of my best friends here, Leopold in Paris, just got me this birthday gift. There was a mug here. And on the front of the mug, it says Balls Deep, which is the name of one of my old short films. I would say it's the top tier of my films, but it's got its, you know, it's got its, uh, <laughs> it's got its audience. <laughs> it's not like and, a softcore porn or? Um, it's not actually a softcore porn. Uh, I was always thinking though, if I make like a it. sequel, if I make a oh. sequel, it should be called Balls Deep 2, Balls Deeper. Mm, and then the yeah. third one should be called Balls Deep with a Vengeance. And then Live not Free or Balls Deep. No, and then a good day to balls deep. If you don't, it's, these are just diehard references at this point. Oh yeah, um, I haven't seen diehard. I don't know. Oh well, that ex- that explains that. That explains why. Here, <laughs> here he, there's literal definitions on the back of this mug, and he's it's an actual. If you see here, it's a. You can't see he, he, the people listening. Oh, you can't really see. see. Like people, really yeah, they can't see. I will read it out though. It says these are definitions of balls deep, and the second one says the 2012 cult classic directed by Josh Littman. What cult you cult. haven't seen, balls deep. There's a quote he put on there. <laughs> so he, he personally made this mug, I guess. But anyway, yeah. yeah, I used to make ridiculous stuff like Balls Deep. I don't know if I would make a movie like Balls Deep today. Right. I don't think I would. Now, maybe I shouldn't. I've ever made a movie called Balls Deep. But <laughs> 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 it, was a, it, was a, it was a, that was a, you know, situational comedy, that movie. But um, that desire, I think, when you're starting out to just, say screw what anybody else thinks clearly I didn't care what anybody else would think if I was making a movie called Falls Deep I did that with a bunch of different artworks yeah and then I got to USC I got to film school in LA and I suddenly of course I had this more structure all these real film people were were on me and uh I obviously there was a while I had to get more um I feel like oh I should censor myself maybe a little bit more Mm. because these are real film people like what are they gonna think I have to be very careful with what I make and what I want to say. And, you know, I think that can be a, a weight sometimes. For sure. Yeah. And like what you were saying about someone who's already, you know, been in the business or already been successful in some way, I can definitely imagine how much harder it would be to write something or um, create anything when you have, when you feel even more like everyone's watching you because in a way they are, you know, if you, yeah. if you're already famous and you release something, everyone's going to watch it, whether it's good or not. So, so there is more risk in a way, but in any case, like it should never matter because nobody cares enough for it to affect <laughs> how you do something, you know, like it, I, it feels it, like people's opinion. Does it you be never though? Does it never matter? Never matter. I mean, like if you get big enough, I guess technically it starts to, I guess you start it does. to feel the weight of, you know, everyone's really it upset does. at George R. R. Martin right now. Like where's that next game of Thrones book or, you know <laughs> yeah but you don't owe them I mean it's people true. start to treat you like they like they own you like they yeah they do you're somehow their cla- like dance for me clown like it's not or what is what is it like like you're not their court jester that needs yeah. to entertain them like you're still you did it for I mean yes, I, I, I now have like what I have person, like but... I have about 85,000 subscribers as of now on YouTube which I guess is quite a bit for me and I'm, I'm trying not to brag um at first, it started out with all these people who were just like, wow, we love it. We want, you know, now it's like, where's the, where's the sequel? Where's the, oh. people are demanding things of me. I'm like, yeah. what are you demanding okay. stuff of me? I just put yeah. my stuff up on YouTube originally just because I needed a place to put it. You yeah. know, I just wanted to store my stuff up there so I could easily access it. Yeah. And now people are like, uh, we're your fans and we can now demand stuff. Yeah. It's interesting though, because like I do, I kind of get it from a fan point of view. I don't know. It's like when... Like we gave you this power you owe us yeah now. or it's not even that it's like you have this wonderful gift why don't you use it more like jk <laughs> rowling i'm like why don't you write prequels to the like i want to hear about sirius black and lupin and and you know uh harry's dad in in school <laughs> yeah. why don't why isn't there a whole other series of them through i mean to be fair years? she's been filling in she does a lot yeah i know she does a lot need. she's very <laughs> prolific there's really nothing to it's just more like I think when someone gives you so much with what they've done, like, or when you read something, you're like, oh, this is so wonderful. Why wouldn't they make more? It's like, it's like, give me more. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's so that's at the at the. Yeah, and of course, I am just for the record. Anybody listening, I am not nowhere near any of those levels. You're not J.K. Rowling. I am not. You know, and I grew up. She was a she's she's one of my heroes. I think. Um, you know, I. Potter's awesome. Yeah. Have you read her? uh, Yeah. Have you read the? I've read nothing else by her. So she wrote books under um under a pseudonym. I I don't understand. I mean, I understand writing under a pseudonym, but it's like she picked a male pseudonym. It's something stupid. Robert Galbraith. <laughs> Robert right. Galbraith. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, something Galbraith. And they're good, actually, like if you don't mind detective novels, because it's her writing. You know, maybe right? I should I should check that it's out. Good. I just I wouldn't don't I don't read enough like you. Good. I uh... Yeah, you know, but when I we mean, worked at the library, I read the back cover of every book, as you know. I just didn't read. The back cover does not count. That's just like <laughs> it's. If you add it all up, that's like a few bucks right there. Unless you're doing like a grade three book report, the back cover is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you what every book was about. I just couldn't. I just didn't so, read the book. I mean, then you just have to cultivate like a comfort with lying and just tell people that you know. Yeah, that's like, a problem. Oh, I remember it's. It's a harrowing tale of something and yeah. something, and you'll basically, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're we're supposed to be an honest podcast, so I'm, you know, I'm. Well, we're being honest about your potential to lie your way into people's <laughs> uh, respect. I don't know. So I, I um, want to ask you something though, yeah, because you're so you are. I'm going to use this term loosely. You're an aspiring writer, would you say? I don't like the aspiring part. Yeah, you're. I right. don't either, yeah. and I want to. I want. I want to attack the word aspiring. If I'm writing, I'm a. Ra- can't I just be a writer already? Uh, I've exactly. written a 230 page thesis. That's the right know, answer. I wanted something. to like be all sophisticated about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, aspiring like fa- is also like, oh, if only one day I could be a writer. But it's like just write something and boom, exactly. You're a so I've written. Exactly. I think one thing at least. So doesn't that count? I mean, then it I absolutely counts. Fine. It absolutely counts. And that's the right answer. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. I mean, there's a fame. Can you, is my voice cutting out a little? It was going like, you were a robot. Was it person. roboting? Yeah. Okay, I apologize. Is it better now? You're, you're fine now, though. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Okay. So there's a, you know, the fam- I think it was James Cameron, one of my favorite filmmakers, okay. who, uh, who said this, something along the lines of, um, if you're an aspiring filmmaker, you want to make, you know, movies, just drop the aspiring. I think it's basically it's the same thing, yeah. you know. And then you know, once you are that, once you you're doing it, then you're just like bargaining over price and you know. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't even stuff. mean like I don't have to be published or anything for if you're just doing the thing exactly. that you want to do, then you're then you're doing the thing <laughs> like exactly uh, I, it's the difference between being a writer and being a professional writer yeah I'm not a professional writer but it's fine anyways so well, now no, I'm self-conscious about the fact that I've it. announced this on a but it's fine yeah it's okay. that you've announced but what, what are people gonna a, do a writer and I was like I'm a writer but it's fine what are people gonna you are a writer we've talked about it. in fact this is one of the things you and I, I know but over, writers for can example, be so about about being writers what well, yeah, but you're clearly so self-aware about not wanting to be douchey about being, you're the farthest I, thing from like a douchey writer. Are you sure? Am I self-aware enough? I feel like I yes. I need to be a little bit more self-deprecating you, to get to- You a, actually need to be less, you need to be less self-aware so that you can actually go and do more, I think. That's probably true. Yeah. You know Should what I mean? You need dose? to be, you actually, you, yeah, you need to be a little bit more, yeah, I can, I can do this. I'm a writer. I mean, sometimes I am. So I like reading like a really bad piece of writing, published writing every once in a while, or something that I don't like. So I could be like, oh, I could do this. It's not even hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next step is you do it. And then you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, we had we talked about this at that Vietnamese restaurant, you and I, when we hung out, when I came Yeah. Out. No, I'm it? much better than I was at that point. Um, you want to share with the audience some of your wisdom? from What, what did I say? Well, since I shared it with you. Uh... <laughs> Which Vietnamese restaurant? Because actually there were two, but there was the first one. Were there one. two? Was there different yeah. wisdom per Vietnamese restaurant? It was, yeah. It's like we go to a Vietnamese restaurant and <laughs> the wisdom just like, comes different out. Different wisdom each time. Well, we were talking about uh, just going, getting things done. Like if you want to express yourself and you are, you know, you're a writer, there's a certain point, like how do you get to the, period, the point where you actually just do it? This was very important to you to actually to get something made yet you were struggling I think at the time yeah with just doing yeah. it yeah and what did I say um I think I brought up a story that I from somebody else that I had spoken to who was like complaining about somebody else's film or work. oh that was it 
Yeah. Yeah. He was he just was... like, I was, yeah. What did I say? You said, well, it's better than the play you didn't write or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's exactly and like, true. Yeah, like, yeah. The, meanwhile, this person's getting criticized for something they produced. And well, what did you do? Like, yeah. I mean, like, if you go and you make something, it's infinitely better than something that hasn't been made. I yeah, know that I mean, people like to joke, like, it's better if you made nothing at all, but it's not true. If you put art into this world, I think it's, it's almost always better than doing yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's probably true. And I mean, even like, even if the first thing you write or produce or whatever, even if you decide it sucks or at least you did something like, so, I mean, I hate my thesis at this point because I don't want to look at that thing anymore. But sometimes yeah. well, I think. Well, you spent about, how long on that thesis? Oh God, to what two years of wasted life? No. Two years. No, uh, I'm sure it was. Worthwhile. I mean, it wasn't two years straight. I, I, I. A lot of those years were spent procrastinating. So. I bet you every single person on the planet who does a thesis spends time procrastinating. Oh, for sure. On their thesis. Oh, and that's who works fine. on it nonstop? Oh, only. I mean, p there are people, and they should be like, go for it, be an academic. But that's not for <laughs> me. But I, what I was gonna say is like, sometimes, you know, I'll I'll think about how annoyed I am about that. But then I'll think like, okay, I wrote two hundred and thirty pages of mm -hmm. stuff. So like, you could do anything. I, yeah, that's kind of. I know it's, you could do literally anything. I was like, I could write because then I was like, okay, what a novel's what two hundred pages generally ish at least minimum. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I've already done that. And it was way worse than a novel. Like now that I'm trying to actually write fiction, it's so different. It's yeah, your thesis you just probably write... wasn't more fun than a novel, right? Oh, it was not fun at all. Like there were part there were there were moments when it was fun when I got all like the like the solid information out, like all the required stuff out. So because you have to write so much background and you have to do a lot of research, like I felt like I was looking at 10 books just to write a sentence sometimes. So when you do that that's exhausting. It is satisfying in a way, but it's very different because as soon as I started uh, writing more fiction type things, as soon as you're into the world that you're in there, it just comes out and you're in a state of flow and the time passes like you don't even notice. I never had the time pass like I didn't notice when I was writing my thesis <laughs> unless I had already, you know, it was unless I was at the every point where moment. I could just write. Um, I mean, all the moments where I had to, like all that, all that like self-judgmental stuff that seems unnecessary in most of life is actually very necessary when you're writing academic stuff because you need to be able to see what someone might criticize or mm -hmm. consider possible counter arguments so that you can put in like a little footnote. Oh yeah, they could, you could say this and this and this, but these people said that and blah, 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 which is fine, but it's, it's not self-expression in any way. I mean, I think it's important to, to note that criticism isn't inherently a bad thing. And, and we, we need criticism to a, to a degree, right? Like, and, and the fact that we, I think we all are pretty terrified of it in general. I know that I, I mean, a lot of people say, yeah, I love criticism. Yeah, give me all your criticism. I love it. You ever you know those people who say that? They don't love I was it. about to say that. Emma. I don't know if it's, maybe there's somebody I mean, out there who really thrives off of someone tearing uh, apart what they worked on mm, for a year. But no, if it's productive criticism, criticism, yeah, if it's productive, if it's thoughtful, if it actually helps, I mean, even then, if someone tears down a little bit, just there's, you want to figure out the best way to criticize, right? People are sensitive when they worked on something for a long time. For but sure you know, it's going to sting a little bit, but the point is to, you know, take that in, you know, you know, deal with, cope with that and then, and then use it, uh, use, yeah. you know, make, make what you have better. If you just become a, there's another side to it too, right? If I just did whatever I wanted and I didn't listen to anybody, that's not good either. I think because just because it's not worth something being my idea over the best idea, right? If I hear an idea from somebody else and it's better, it's my responsibility, I think, as an artist to really listen to that and potentially change what I have. And the only thing that would get in the way of that is ego or my, you know, getting hurt by the criticism or something. Right. Um, so yeah, it's very, I mean, it is important to do. And I guess some people might not want to get, I can understand if we're terrified of that criticism we'll get, we might not, you know, you might not want to get started in expressing yourself because then you're going to have to deal with that criticism. But I think it's, that's a part of life too. You have to, you know, you can't just shut yourself away. For sure. And I mean, so I think that criticism is, can be super helpful 
But it's also kind of good to know when to say that that's not what you want. Like, I mean, it depends on the situation. But Mm -hmm. if someone's critique is going to make your work into something that you didn't want it to be, Mm -hmm. is it still ego or is it? No, no, you have to be able to part. That's what you have to do. You have to be able to stand back and parse it out. Like you have to listen to the criticism and then you have to say, oh, this is actually helpful or this isn't. I see where you're coming from. But you have to do it without ego and you have to do it. Um you have to be able to put, you know, that sensitivity away a little bit. You know, I actually, one of the things that really helped me, and this is going to sound kind of braggy again, I don't mean it to, but actually when I started getting uh, millions of views on movies and and all these subscribers, they came with thousands and thousands of comments. Oh yeah. And YouTube comments are brutal though sometimes. Well, that's the thing. I was expecting the internet's supposed to be a really mean place, but in general, I've gotten relatively positive comments. That's awesome. In fact, I would see a ratio, generally my films have a ratio of at least 90% positive likes, yeah. 10% dislikes, and Ooh. whatever, you know, at least, you know, it could be better, a little better than that, yeah. or worse, right? But it's generally around there. And I go, wow, okay, so the vast majority of the people are enjoying this thing, right? In the comments, the vast majority also talked about how much they enjoy it and like it. And I started to realize, oh, okay, when you take statistically the vast majority of people those little things that you get bothered by, most people don't care. Yeah, like, that's, uh, true. that's And okay. and even and even if it was the other way around, let's say it was like ten percent of people liked it and ninety percent didn't. Okay, maybe the vast majority hated your stuff, but there's like a niche out there that likes what you've done, and those people mm-hmm. matter too. You know, you've still affected yeah. people with what you've done, right? Like you said, like the, even if six people were listening to this podcast and somebody got something out of it, like yeah that's worthwhile you know for sure yeah. so I think when keeping that in mind it doesn't it should it doesn't matter you make what that's why you have to ask yourself what what do you like first right I feel lucky I guess that what I tend to like seems to appeal to you know a lot of people um, when I put it out there but there are people out there who have a niche uh, what they like right and that's okay if 20 30 percent of people you appeal to them instead you know, as long as those people really like it, you're still, a, those people matter, you know, and you matter and what you like matters. It's not about, you know, that ratio necessarily, but it also goes, it goes, it, my point here being though, it goes to show you that, okay, so I, I bring a movie to uh, a friend or a couple of friends and they go, oh, I hated this. I'm like, oh my God, it must be a terrible movie now. These two friends didn't like it, but thanks to this, thanks to YouTube and I would be yeah. putting it out there. I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, no, tens of thousands of people, a million yeah. people like this. You should just so make you guys are actually, yeah. yeah, you guys are actually in the minority. And now it makes yeah. sense. Oh, you guys are super yeah. critical maybe because you went to film school with me and you have a For different sure. view, you know, and you start to get a better perspective. Is this an actual, is this a real story? You know, I am thinking about a, a real, there is a real story. I don't know if you want to hear this real story. Tell us a story. Um, well, I have a movie that I, I'm going to try to do this without calling anyone out, but. I, there was this movie that, I, that meant a lot to me early on. It was like the third movie I ever shot, and it was called The Suit. And this movie, I remember I wanted it to be everything. It was just big for me. I shot it over an entire summer. I did most of the stuff. I shot most of it myself. Um, not all of it. I directed it. I wrote it. You know, cast tons of people, shot in many locations all over the place. It's hard to get a lot of locations, you know. Um, it, just be, it was like a, a beast of a movie, and it was super disorganized and chaotic, so it took forever to put together it took me three years to put this movie together and it was the kind of movie that shouldn't have gotten finished given how disorganized it was but I kind of I believe in finishing what you start so I also had to let go of the idea that it was going to be perfect you know as soon as I gained more knowledge yeah. I was like oh yeah this is not going to be everything I also want to add when you start out making things when you only make made one thing or two you you tend to want that thing to be perfect or to do everything mm. Yeah. You start to understand when you make more stuff that the thing you made, that thing doesn't have to be everything. Like balls deep didn't need to be everything. Balls deep needed to be balls deep. <laughs> and I think it succeeded at being balls deep and I'm proud of it. If balls deep was the very first movie I ever made, I might've wanted it to be just everything. My mother you know? listens to this podcast now. Just <laughs> That's the name of the, uh, more Nikki, this is the name <laughs> of a movie. It is not a porn it's just it's a it's like the hangover anyway um (laughs) uh anyway so I wanted the suit to be everything is the point and I I learned you know after three years putting work into it I realized okay it doesn't have to be perfect but I was proud of it for what it was I thought 
you know, it was a love letter to my hometown. I had so many of my friends in it. Um, I told a, a story I thought that, that that meant something. And it, you know, it was like, tw- it was a, still, I think it's like the longest movie I ever, longest short film I've done. It's like 26 minutes long. And I was getting close to finishing it. I shot it before I went to USC. But after I went to USC, I, fin- I was finishing it while I was in school, like on the side. I remember my, um, my good friends and housemates at the time. Um, I, okay, so I wasn't, they, they had seen some of me working on it. They were like, oh, it's looking good. You know, good job. Keep, keep working at it, Josh. It's really cool what you're working on. They tried to give me some notes, you know, to help. Cool. But then when I was sitting next to one of them on the couch once, I saw my name. And like, they were like on the, they had their laptop on their, on their lap uh, on the couch. And I, I didn't mean to really look over, but I saw my name in a message box. So I kind of had to see what are they? Yeah, it's fair. You know, they, they, they were talking about me basically online, yeah. on like a Facebook messaging thing. And I, you know, I, I read basically, I think the line where they basically had said to each other, like, Hey, did you see, did you see Josh's uh, movie, The Suit? You know, it was like, LOL. And he's like, oh my God, isn't it? It's like the shittiest movie I've ever seen. Oh, that's so and, and he was like, yeah, haha, right. And they were just like kind of laughing about how terrible it was. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I made the shittiest movie of all time. This is what it, it clearly, this is an objective. Or I picked now. the shittiest friends. Like, <laughs> no, and yeah, keep them, by the way, these people I'm talking about are some of my favorite people and best friends. This oh, day. Okay. And we've, we've talked me. about this this is Back. yeah so I have to I have to make that statement yeah these I love them and this is yeah it's it's possible I mean we were it was the first year of us knowing each other mm. um you know it wasn't meant for me to be for me to hear either right it was uh yeah, just kind of you know shooting the shit about my shitty yeah. movie and this is a movie I've been working on for three years and I had previously been excited but as the now after I read this I basically had resigned myself to the fact like I made a terrible movie it's a bad movie now I still believed in finishing what you start so I did my best to edit it some more and finish it up but I remember when I announced this movie I said to uh I remember I made a Facebook post about it and I said uh hey guys um I'm really glad to have finally finished this movie um you know I hope uh you know all your efforts really appreciate it and I basically you know it was really about the the success in finishing it and everybody seeing their talents on screen and all the hard work they put in. But I was very careful in, I remember not saying like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Here's a great movie for you. Like I really didn't talk up the film because in my heart, I felt it was terrible at this point when I released it because of, of, of what I had been to, you know, what I'd heard. And also that, to be honest, it was making me feel like maybe I'm not that great uh, an artist after I read that. Anyway, I put it out there. And, you know, a lot of the people, they seem to be happy that the film was done. So I was happy I finished it. At least, at least I'm, a, at least I'm a person who finishes what he starts. Right. Uh, and then I submitted it to some, I always, I had a kind of a thing I did every time I finished the movie, I submitted it to a number of festivals. So I did that. Um, but it was kind of a mindless sort of thing. I wasn't expecting anything. And then I remember it, um, there was a festival that it, it got into. I thought there was like some sort of mistake. I'm like, did you get into a festival? This is the shittiest movie ever made. That doesn't make any sense. And it got into that festival and then it won the festival and it won me literally $500. I'm like, this can't be real. And then I saw the money in my account. Yeah. And I won $500 for apparently the shittiest movie ever made. That's awesome. That's a very inspiring story. I was like, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is really, this doesn't make any sense. I'm like, this must have been a fluke. And then it got into, I think it got into the Canada International Film Festival next. And, uh, And it won an award, the Rising Star Award, I think it was. And I was like, Okay, this is weird now. It's this now on IMDb. My two most, roommates have I, been incorrect. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, this is very strange. I started to, you know, I, I put it up on YouTube too. I think it has tens of thousands of views at this point, 20 or 30,000, uh, something like that. And it's got a majority of the same sort of thing. It has most of the people really liked it. Uh, some are really enthusiastic about it. There's a couple of comments in there by saying, oh, this is a little rougher than your others. Um, or this one, but it's also it one me. of the earlier ones, right? So exactly. Yeah. And but then you realize, okay, some people there are some elements of this that are a little rougher that some people can't forgive, but the majority of people can forgive those elements and see the intention behind it. And I started to get a sense of its place, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in in the in the artistic world or my artistic world, right? Um, and I and I and I started to to love it like any of my children like all my movies and all my artworks are children right you love them warts and all oh right? for sure so i i really um i do i really think it's important to love 
to love all of your your work like children, you know, warts and all. And your children like and, work. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, uh, I will say though, I did bring, I mean, one of those friends I remember, one of those friends I remember just talking to him straight up about it. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, I mean, uh, I understand. We were all, yeah. we're all critics in film school, you know? And then the- And when, you're, when like, you haven't actually made things, it's easier to critique other things. I mean, well, these friends are now, technically they are filmmakers too, mm. and they have made things. Um, Although I was no, I was known at USC for having made more than basically anybody, because I came from back in our hometown in Canada. I didn't know what I couldn't do, so I just made lots of movies, thinking, "Wow, I'm sure it's nothing compared to everybody at USC." And then I got to USC, and I'd made more than anybody there <laughs> somehow. And I, I'm like, "What? I'm just yeah, this, you're very prolific. I don't know what I'm doing." I was prolific. I always joke I'm quantity over quality. I hope that's not the case. But uh, I, yeah, I got to, I got there, and I. You know, there's people. I remember they they came to that school, and one girl was like, "Yeah, I made a PowerPoint video once," and I'm like, "Oh, okay. So this it's not a that's not a um, like a, uh, a litmus test. Yeah, a prerequisite necessarily. But I had done quite a bit. Um, that that being said, I didn't. I, it was important to learn, you know, the professional structure of things at USC, and they kind of had to break me down and build me back up again, so I could learn, you know, know the rules so you can then break them. You know what I mean? Hmm. But like intentionally, uh, but I remember, while knowing exactly, what they are. exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, I remember then talking. There's still one of my friends there to this day. I remember bringing up the one who talked about it online with my other friends. I remember bringing up the suit to him. He's like, "Oh man, the suit! I love that movie." I'm like, "No, you fucking didn't." <laughs> I saw what you wrote. <laughs> I was like, "I know you wrote." <laughs> what did He's he like, say? No. He's like, "What? No, no, I wouldn't." I'm like, You're "Dude, like, I, back, I read it." Scroll back four years was, into your text. I was like, "I read it," and I caught. I basically caught him on, on that, and I was yeah. like, "I read it." And, he was like, I, he's like, I know, I mean, it was, uh, and he didn't have anything to say. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I was like, just to let you know, I said, I don't worry. Like, it's fine. Uh, I want you to know that you, I want you though to be able to feel comfortable telling me your criticism to my face. I think I can take it. And I'd rather you tell me it, not because I'll feel okay when you tell me, I won't, no one wants to hear that criticism, but then when you do like something, I'll be able to believe you. Yeah. You know? When you actually do think something is good and it's and it's it's your taste yeah. or your style or or that you know it's just a legitimate you know criticism one way or another, I'll be able to really trust it. And you know, I, I learned something you know myself there. And we've all I think we've all done this. We all like to shit on things, right? We forget there's a person behind. Yeah, behind especially that if you work. forget. I think that's the the issue with a lot of the online stuff is it's so easy to forget mm-hmm. there's a person behind something. Exactly. And so I find myself not ever wanting to be like, oh, that was trash. Unless there's like the rare occasion where I'm like, that was trash, but then I really mean it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I learned a lot from this story. Yeah. It's a long story, but uh, I no, think it's it, worth it. it. I like that story. I think that's good. Yeah. I actually have yeah. a question as well. It oh, you has do. Because to- I, yeah. I haven't been talking enough. You haven't talked enough. You Again, you, you wanted me to talk. There you go. You get it. I appreciate you know? it. Well, because if I talk for a long time and I didn't actually especially at the beginning and like I just get kind of like oh, I've been talking for too long what's happening I don't know what to say yeah so and you usually jump in by then and I'm like oh great Josh is talking I don't have to worry. yeah but you have such a you have like a nice voice like a real like it's uh, great especially for audio too like it's very I don't know it's nice to hear I feel like hearing me too long nice. is thank grating you. I feel a little weird <laughs> no you're oh my god Actually, you're like, I want to say thank you for what you said while also not letting you self-deprecate, Josh. Yeah, like I don't want to have to address the self-deprecation. Um, <laughs> I think everyone feels that their their voice is weird when they hear it. So I think that's a normal <laughs> response. Yeah, so my question actually, so it has to do with, I'll, I'll talk for a bit too. I know you just told a story. So I was wondering if you ever have doubts about writing something because you think someone will recognize themselves in it. So I'm saying that because... I wrote a, like, so I did write a short story recently and I didn't intend to have anybody in it. Like it wasn't my intention, but then I had a few family members read it and they all said the same things. Like they all <laughs> noticed the same people. They're like, oh, so that's this person. That's this person. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Like that was not, I mean, once it was coming out, it was kind of clear that those were the voices I was getting, but I don't know. Do you censor that or do you ever worry about that? I mean, it's possible themselves. to worry about. I think it's possible to worry about that just it's a natural human thing like oh no what if this person that I'm writing about yeah. sees themselves in there I mean I think writers all do this right we base our characters and situations off of our real life mm. um, although that can be really nuanced sometimes right you can take 
I think I took a, there's a rabbi here that is like, the, he's like a friend of mine. He's like the most wonderful person. And I was writing this character who's like a villainous rabbi uh, for this, for this uh, TV show thing I was developing. And I was just basing it off of him, but I was basing the good parts of the villainous character off of him right. and the, the, you know, the real stuff to make it more real. But it'd be, you know, you can imagine like I'm seeing this, is that supposed to be me? What do you think of me? Yeah. And it's like, no, only the good parts of him are you. And <laughs> yeah. when you're writing, that's the idea. You take pieces. Story. Yeah, you no, take exactly. pieces of, of people no. and, and, and situations. I mean, you, we talked in our last episode about toxic friendships and things like that. And right. I had a very toxic friend, as I mentioned, and I made a whole movie based on him, right. basically. Yeah. And that was, that being said, I'm not so in touch with him that it matters anymore. And I don't, I, but I still think I actually treated that character with respect yeah. in that movie. Yeah, so I mean, it's, I guess it's, you're not going to treat a character badly, I think. It's more just like... We do put the people we know in our stories, but not fully. Yeah. We put aspects no, of them exactly. in there. No, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's usually see, like... That's natural, you know? Yeah, and I think it's usually, like, hopefully the characters have some depth. But, I mean, it's like a three-page, three or four-page short story. Like, there's not going to be anything near the depth of a human being in that. Like, um, <laughs> of course, it's it's a character. It's a character mm-hmm. caricature of a human. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, yeah. Um so yeah, I guess you should, I don't think most people enjoy seeing themselves in that. Um... Look, I have I have multiple movies where I basically I feel like in many of my movies or in my art, I'm constantly trying to understand my dad. I mm. think a lot of it's trying to understand my dad. So I keep making characters that are based on my dad, but they're each character I've done that's based on my dad is a little different. Right. Um, okay. And I've got you know. I've, it's, it's interesting which ones are sometimes the dad character is not always the one that's based on my dad you know, right yeah. um that's good yeah. and I think if you like take them all together all the characters I've yeah. done then it might give you an idea of my dad but yeah. I think the idea is I'm trying to I'm trying to empathize and understand him so putting you know as a writer when we we take these aspects and we put them you know into our art I think it actually helps us uh with our empathy and mm. it helps uh, others too when they're reading try to understand you know you know writing good I, I, this is a weird segue because this isn't what I was saying with the villains, but writing good villainous characters as well is really um, a good way of, 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 of empathizing too, right? Like a good, I think often a good villain is just as human as your... Yeah, you know, for sure, yeah. As the hero, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's why we're, all, we're often drawn to movies where the villain is our protagonist mm. or, or stories yeah. where the villain is our protagonist, our right? Yeah. yeah, because we're really seeing how similar they are to us. The anti-hero, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now I don't know who, what what type of character you know you were you were doing in your story, but I just think it Not really yet. shows that you're trying to empathize with the people in your life. I think it's a really good thing. Yeah. Okay, let's take it as that. And actually, I was thinking about it like while I was watching. Um, I started watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Have you seen that? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. So, it's pretty funny, and it's by the same writer. Uh, she did Gilmore Girls, and okay. on the surface, they are very different, but they're so similar in my mm. uh like to me they seem so similar like the ca- the main character has a lot of similarities and the mother I think has a lot of like the same I don't want to say neuroses but like uh, again a, a lot of the same kind of characteristics and like they deal with the same problems between the daughter and the mom and I just to me I was like oh okay and I, I've seen this before when I get really into like one writer's work and I'll read all their novels yeah and it's so it's kind of fun because you end up seeing like what they deal with through their writing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is, it surprises us, but it shouldn't. I mean, writers, yeah. obviously you, it comes down to, you, you can't write what you don't know. You know, one of the things I found, I, I often find like um, writers, it's really good to have experience in other things in life. Mm. You know, for example, I'll, I'll use movie, filmmakers as an example. I know certain filmmakers where, all they know is filmmaking. I remember USC, for example, didn't want to just take people in that all they've done before is film. I think the fact that I did neuroscience, for example, beforehand was very okay. interesting when they when they let me into the school. Because I feel like if you just did movies, then you end up making movies about people who make movies. Oh, <laughs> you know, or you start point, if yeah. you're if you're a writer and you all you know is all you do is writing, then you just make yeah. you write about writers. And there are people yeah. who do that, you know. But that's actually one of the least relatable things, you know. But if you want to write about a dentist, it's hard to do when you don't understand dentistry, you know. So you don't yeah. see a lot of writing about dentists. But yeah, for, that could oh, be some sure. of the most 
interesting stuff, right? So you, you want to yeah. be able to empathize and understand others or get that experience yourself. I actually, it kind of ties into that. I, I treated a lot of my, like maybe not as fun or not things that didn't have a clear end goal to them in life. I would treat yeah. them as writing material. So like, for example, I mean, working at, I worked at Wendy's for a while. And I mean, that was partly to make money, but I remember thinking like, such a good experience for writing. It was such a good, yeah, it was such a good way to, to meet the kinds of people I would probably never speak to otherwise, or mm-hmm. it was a way to be in an environment that I'm not naturally. And like, mm-hmm. it really takes you out of your comfort zone into, into a world that you would otherwise not see. And I mean, that is, I mean, it's written about enough, but I don't know. I think it's, it really adds the more you've lived in certain ways, like the more you can kind of bring. I like, okay, for example, like I never took creative writing in past high school. And I think I had like an aversion to it. I didn't even take one for fun. I was like, no, I don't ever want to study writing. It's a good point to remind everyone. We were in the same creative writing class in high school. Oh yeah. Yeah. You and I. I, I could not stand our teacher, although she wasn't wrong. Uh, I I, I liked it. I liked it. I mean, to be fair, I'm sure her life was not fun. Do you remember she used to, she had this phrase. She said like something about her underwear. And it was like, nobody wants to oh. picture underwear. Do you remember what that I remember, was? I remember she was nice. And that's what I liked. I liked, she was oh, nice. And I, I ended up, I ended up writing stuff that I liked under her. So I don't know. She, she was, uh, that's all I need from a teacher sometimes. That's <laughs> nice so person. Fine. You don't want to remember the hilarious thing that she used to say about her underwear? I do remember there was something about her underwear. I don't know. Like I don't Itching my, something itchy. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll cut that out. Um, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't know no, what it is. Okay. It was some like ridiculous saying that she used to use, and it was just. It was funny. It was more funny. Clearly, she had a real impact on you because you remember. That's true. I really do. Like, I really picture her too. I don't know why I disliked her. I also felt like she really did pick favorites. But oh my god, was I one of her favorites? Every teacher does. I think so. Yeah. Really? You know, maybe that's why because I was nobody's favorite for most of the time. So. You weren't any. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the arts classes I did better, and that's why, you know. No, I was some teacher's favorite. I actually, I actually met. Okay, this is a brag story. I'll probably cut it, but like. No, uh, I, I've done enough brag stories. You need to have <laughs> something in there. Well, actually, it's not funny though. It's not funny or anything. Look but at you self-censoring. What, what yeah. are you gonna say? Let's hear it. But it's nothing but a brag story. So why would I? Then say I, I want to hear it. I want to hear you brag. It's important for this for your self-expression. Well, the nice thing about this is I get to cut whatever I want. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was, I took a Latin class and one of the, so I, it was an undergrad class that I was taking while I was in grad school. Cause I was like, Oh, I have to take a third language. And this is my last chance to take a class like for free. I might as well take Latin cause I'll never be able yeah. to learn Latin outside of, uh, so I took the class. And so some of the students there were younger and one of the students, um, I like, started talking to me and eventually I find out his last name and I was like or that his mom worked at Lucas something like that and I was like which which teacher oh sorry yeah that was our high school I'm gonna delete this anyways it doesn't matter Uh, and 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 when I found out who it was I was like oh I took English with her she was she was awesome she was part of the reason I uh, or like world literature or something I was like she's part of the reason I went into what I went into Um, yeah because she really I don't know. I just loved the class with her and she was kind of kooky, but just awesome. And I was, and he was like, okay, yeah, she doesn't usually remember her students, but uh, he mentioned her to, he mentioned me to her and she was like, oh yeah, I totally remember Aya. And she went on and on about it. And she remembered like an essay that I wrote and he came back. He's like, she never remembers anyone. So I was like, I was <laughs> that's a great story. And you're going to keep that story in because I love it. Oh, and you know what? I'll match your brag story here. I, you know what? I remember that. We've heard look, that's, um... <laughs> this is the difference between us. You encourage. You're so encouraging. I'm encouraging like, it. Please, let's hear your brag story. No, I had a very similar one. That... I'm like, shut up. I'm Go saying ahead. I can relate to it. Because when I was in grad school, I was a TA. And I yeah. just remember one of the uh, other students coming up to me after, you know, and being like, like, hey, you were like, you, you were like, basically like a professor to me, like, you were like my favorite professor, and you weren't even a professor, yeah. you know, and I, but I learned so much more from you than I did the others. And I, that's a stage with you that's that actually so nice. can be that can, but it, it's not just, oh, that is it's not ridiculous. just, uh, I love that. stuff. It's nice. I, 
But what does it do for you when you hear something like that? That's that can be the motivation that you need to go down some yeah. path. You know, when you realize you're maybe you're good at something and you affected other people, and that's what you need with your art. Look how I tied this. Up. It's great. Yeah, uh, I was surprised. I didn't think it was going to tie in. <laughs> it's important much. though. This is how you this you need that sort of motive. Like I remember when I look when we talk about this stuff, it's always kind of braggy. But like when I. Uh, when, when I was an undergrad, We've already got our based... listeners, so they're stuck. Go ahead. <laughs> when, I, when I was an undergrad, I thought I was going to become a clinical neuropsychologist. That was the path that I was heading towards. You know, I was taking developmental cognitive neuroscience. I thought I was going to go the academic route. And is that know? different from filmmaking? And, oh, no, it's exactly the same. Huh. Uh, <laughs> but I was, I was doing film stuff on the side because, you know, I like yeah. to do, I was doing acting. I was directing plays. I was directing movies, a TV show. But it was all on the side. You know, I'm like, I can't do this professionally. It's not, that's just something you do for fun on the side. And then when I started seeing some success, you know, I, I think it was when I won this one, I won this one festival uh, that I submitted to. And I, I was like, oh my God, I maybe I, I'm getting recognized for this thing that I chose to do on my, totally on my own accord. I didn't have to do it. You know, it was something that I put in the work to do outside of the other stuff that I'm being told to do, you know? And people really responded to that. They really, they wanted more from me. And that made me realize, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I should, you know, and from that point onwards, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I started looking up on Google. I'm like, what are the best film schools in the world? What's mm -hmm. the best film school in the world? And it said USC. So I'm like, I'm going there. You oh, know? that's cool. And yeah, that's, that's literally cool. what I did. I just Googled what it yeah. was. I didn't even know anything about USC. I also didn't talk about how it was like the most expensive one in the world either. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's usually what it means by best yeah yeah it's what it means well, yeah. so I went I, I was like I'm going there and I took a you know what I said I've decided I'm gonna be a filmmaker and I'm gonna get into the school and if I don't get in I'm just gonna try again and again and again and just make movies while I try to get in this is just what I decided I mean like I, I was like I found my passion this is what I want to yeah. do and I I got in the first I was just you know yeah. I I just got in when I when I and, and then you know changed my life and uh, the trajectory of my life but I remember I needed that, a little bit of that uh, validation. What's the, you know, yeah, I needed validation. that. Yeah. yeah, validation when I, you know, winning that festival and people telling me that they liked what I'd done. Yeah. You need a little bit of that, I think, to- It does make a huge To difference. push yourself yeah. forward, yeah. So when you, when you hear these things, that's what you need to pursue, um, to pursue your art, you know? And I, I don't know, have you gotten, when you, for, if you don't actually, that's kind of the thing, you have to actually do it first to get yeah. the validation you can't get it before you do it right yeah you have to already kind of commit to it yeah I mean so even just getting uh like responses from like my brother read it my mom read it my uncle read it I mean their family but my uncle is pretty like straightforward about his opinions and my mom will think everything I do is good so that doesn't I mean it counts it's lovely but yeah she's it counts uh, yeah <laughs> it still counts and I think my brother wouldn't have said anything if he hadn't liked it and that's fine I mean like he's not going to bring it up to be like I hated your short story so he was actually like oh I really liked it there was a part where I laughed for me if I got someone to laugh that's success so like yes it is you know what when you yeah. make something that's funny by the way I just want to point this out comedy is a very easy it's easier sorry uh type of art to to find out if people to get a response for to see if because mm. it's a very tactical response like right. someone if you get a laugh, uh, you know that you did well. Yeah, you get a laugh, yeah. right? If someone's seeing a good drama, it's not that easy to be like, did they cry, you know? Yeah. Or did they, like, like you don't your know. Eyes wet. They have to tell you, they have to tell, yeah. They have to yeah. tell you what they think generally. Horror movies, you might be able to get a, you know, but in general yeah. comedy, you get, the more laughter you get, the more you know it's succeeding. It's just an interesting Yeah, yeah no, I, and I mean, I think that I didn't plan on anything being funny, but I don't, when That's I'm- part of you. Yeah, I think when I'm more natural, it comes out as comedy, so- that's, I mean, that, that sort of, you know who you haven't sent your short stories to, Aya? You? <laughs> you have not sent me your short stories yet. What okay, I'll send you. This? I'll send it to you. Yeah, you're going to have to send it to me. You know, part of this, I think I'm this podcast, part of it is, 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 uh, gotta be, is motivation. So we want to get you to write that novel. Yeah, well, I, I started that too. Um, so you started it? I started it. But I, I mean, I have like, what, maybe a page? But, and you know what? The hardest stuff. part is getting started. It's fun once I'm into it. I just feel like I have to get a good schedule down to be able to get into it. But anyway, mm. that's not, it's not interesting. It's hard but, all uh, the way around. I've done a bunch of stuff and I still, it's hard every single time getting going. It's never. Yeah. Easy. And I, there is something about, so I really like 
your story about um, how you just decided that's what you were going to be and that you were going to keep trying and keep, because I've had moments of that where I, and it, it, it's the best feeling to decide that what you like to do or what you love to do is what you're allowed to decide to do. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm imagining that your decision to or your initial thought that you were going to be a neuroscience, clinical neuroscientist, whatever it was. Yeah. I wasn't really listening. Um, I, yeah. yeah, there it was. No, it's not yeah. easy to, it's pretty close. <laughs> Sorry. I was listening. I just forgot. I mean, a lot of those come from like us considering all the factors like, oh, what does this person want? What should I do? What would make money? I mean, mm-hmm. and to be fair, there are practical things to consider that, that yeah. do become problems when you've- This is a hard in. life I'm living. It's I'll, a hard I'll life. be honest. It's a hard but life. But if you really, if you really want to, I mean, so I, I decided I'm giving myself a year and in that time I get to, you know, uh, commit to- the writing stuff. I mean, I'm also doing other yeah. things, so I guess it doesn't really count. No, that's smart. A lot of people, that year, successful yeah. people do that. Yeah. You know, um, I remember it's, <laughs> I said to my, um, I remember I said to my dad, I want to be a clinical neuropsychologist. Mm. I said to him this and he was like, my dad was a, a forensic psychologist. Oh, so, that's, cool. that's cool. Yeah. And I was like, I'm thinking like, he's going to be so proud of me. Like I'm yeah. following my father's footsteps. And he's yeah. like, no, he's like, no, don't do that. I'm really? like, what? He's like, no. He's like, be a, you, you, you want to be a doctor, a medical doctor. And I was like, what? No, I, what's wrong with being a, I, I'll be like you. I like, you're a psychologist. He's like, no, oh shit God. money in Canada. You want to be a doctor, a medical doctor. And I was like, oh my God. I don't know if I'd like studying to become a doctor. He's like, yeah, you'll man. like the money. You'll like the money once you become a doctor. Uh, and I was like, Dad, no, I don't know. I think I want to be so a psychologist. I think, I think I want to be a psychologist. He's like, no, no, no be a doctor. <laughs> so then I was like, I came back to him later. I remember, and I was like, Dad, I'm gonna be a filmmaker. He's like, No, 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 be a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I was like, Too late, Dad. Too late. <laughs> to this day, I mean, he's. I mean, it's you know, it's definitely not the easy path. But there is something, like you said, to be said about I. Once I realized what I wanted to do, what I what yeah. I was passionate about, there was no choice. It was just a matter of how I'm gonna do it, not whether I'm going. Yeah, to do it. and it's kind of freeing to give yourself permission. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's it not feels... again. There's a lot of society will tell you things, and parents mm-hmm. will tell you things, and For sure. and especially, I mean, it's interesting here in North America, you're gonna hear different things than in, let's say, Europe, where they might value yeah. the arts more. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, and so I, I, just with your doctor thing, my dad also said, like, be a doctor. <laughs> I took all the sciences in the Jewish thing, and in right? high school, it's such a Jewish thing. He was like, we have a lawyer, we have an accountant, now we want a doctor. So I did get a doctorate. I went around. There you go. You're a doctor, but is yeah. it? So He's like, I meant a different type of doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. not good enough for you now, Dad. <laughs> I gave him like a little, like a little quote that he can use now. So he says, so I told him like, yeah, I can't heal you, but I can correct you. So now he he likes using that. He'll be like, she can't heal you, but she can correct you. So Look he loves that. that. But but when he was telling me to be a doctor, I was like, and I I mean I kind of like I, I didn't really ever consider it seriously, but I did take all the high school things in case yeah. uh and and I realized later like okay I I can't look at a needle like, go, like I I'm the person <laughs> who like glucose like closes her eyes a lot of blood I'm like woo like I, I'm not <laughs> no part of me you knew pretty fast yeah, yeah like you have to force it yeah it would make no sense and like the stuff that they have to go through to to get there it's just to do it for money yeah. or for because someone told you that you should do you it. Need, that's a lot of years of your life. You have to be honest with yourself sure. about whether this is yeah. some, a path you want to go down, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's just the funny It really matters. It's a funny one. Well, I have a question for you now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, so this has been, uh, you know, we've been living in this pandemic year, as we've been calling mm-hmm. it. I guess we've already moved into the next year. Next pandemic. Um, you know, uh, self-expression has been kind of a... Uh, it's come to the forefront more yeah. Uh, during this time because we so people had more time at home and more time to, maybe you can't do certain other things anymore. So you've had time they to They can't focus. run away from themselves as easily. Either. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Does that, has that helped you in your endeavors? To, uh, um, I in, mean, in, yeah. Uh, being a writer? Uh, it helped me finish my thesis and it's helped me since then too because, yeah, I think it's easy. Well, one, when you want to distract yourself because it's like, I mean, it's still hard to sit down and do the thing. So it's a lot easier to sit down and do the thing when you don't have a lot of options. And it's also mm-hmm. just like, when else could be better? Like, 
it's just the best time to have to do it because other than having to look at the screen for another few hours, but like, I mean, when else will I have this much time at home? Yeah, so you kind of feel insulated against the world in a way, which I think is conducive to writing, at least for me. If I feel like there's yeah. kind of a bubble between me or like a, like a cushion between me and the world, I can kind of just, I can focus. In a yeah, way. no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, how about you? I mean, well, for me, I guess, I, I get what you're saying. I think that's true for me sometimes. But yeah. I guess I also, if I'm honest, I do work pretty well under pressure. I don't know why I taught myself that. So when yeah. things are hectic and crazy, I weirdly, I don't know. I think it's because it forces you to be more efficient and get things done. I think a lot of people have had actually trouble during this time saying, I have mm. all this time. How come I'm not more productive? Right? Why am I not getting more done? Mm. And I think that's also understandable that sometimes, you know, that you don't. Just because you have more time doesn't mean that's that necessarily oh, it makes you like yeah. it might make sense that you should be able to do it, but something there's like some sort of block during this time. I think when life slows down, so does our creative yeah. side. No, that makes sense. And I mean that I think that was because that was something I had already struggled with. And anyone who's in, I guess, grad school or something similar where it's your you're kind of on your own time and you have yeah it's like you have homework all the, you have stuff all you already the had the homework though too you had I it like set in front of you stuff to time. do yeah with very little actual structured time so mm-hmm. you end up having to have very good time management skills I'm saying that but it's yeah. kind of hilarious because none of us most of us do not but you end up having like you you have to force yourself to figure you out you had less distractions at least so that's useful but yeah there are less distractions it's easier yeah it's easier in some ways it's harder in others so mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I figured this was a year, most years I would start something like I, I created a, I would start shooting a movie or something and I couldn't mm-hmm. really do that this year. So this was a year of me finishing a lot of things. And, okay. you know, when I, I think it's good when you have things to finish and when you have deadlines and you have, you need to create those mm-hmm. for yourself, you know, when you're out of school or out of work, right? So you, yeah, you, yeah. I, I found myself, you know, it was very satisfying to finish a lot of stuff, a lot of films and I, what is it for me? I, I started cooking. This year? Yeah, yeah a, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we both. Yeah. So for me, that was a big deal. Well, you also started a podcast. Maybe it's a good we time. We started this podcast. Yeah. It's a good time to start a podcast over Zoom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We, you know what? We, that, that's the whole point, though. We found, you know, when one door closes, you can, you can open some other doors. So there's other ways. If you find that you can't express yourself in the way that you wanted to, maybe because of the state of the world, you know, it's a good time to explore other things you may never or may not have explored. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We can't travel. Like you can't do any of the fun stuff. So might as well make a podcast. <laughs> well make a podcast. <laughs> and, you know, I was going to say on that note, I just, I, I wish you luck in finishing your novel and I want to read that short story. Thanks. I mean, yours. you can continue wishing me luck about the novel for the next year. <laughs> I don't know I think if you give I think you should give yourself a shorter time period than you think to finish it and then yeah, if it goes a little overboard you know yeah. you I could say it to you and then you'll actually make me somewhat yeah it. what if you tell me that yeah you give me it what when are you going to okay. get this done by Aya now that uh, it's going to be on, on on this podcast when are you going to get a I'll draft of this novel it. done <laughs> I'm going to get a rough draft done by July by July okay yeah what do you think that's or or sooner I don't think I can advertise it as sooner because I I'm still teaching and stuff like it and we're doing this and I work for my dad. I have like four different part-time jobs. So yeah, you're looking at me like excuses. Excuse. <laughs> yeah, I saw that word. I even said it. I know <laughs> that fear of, of committing to those things. Okay, the truth June. is you don't have to necessarily okay, June sounds good. You don't have to commit necessarily. No, no, it's this good. is just the belief I have. But what it does is like sometimes when you when you set a deadline for something, you don't necessarily hit it, but you don't that means that you you finish it not long after it either because of that's true you feel like you're late now that's so true. it's good to set yeah. in general it's good to set deadlines or set right. uh, goal goal posts or whatever yeah no it's a good call because also if you kind of let it go too long it gets it becomes more of a burden and you lose like that mm-hmm. initial excitement about it so yeah they let's say June okay June for your novel and I also have to I mean yeah let's hear things I need to get done. I don't know. I got a feature film. I got a feature film that I got to finish revising. It's called When Snow Falls on Tulips. I got to finish that. I've been actually procrastinating a lot on revising this. I know what I need to do and I haven't touched it. In what, what's now. your excuse? You don't even have a job. I, don't... <laughs> I have stuff. I have things I'm doing. 
people to see. <laughs> um, um, I also told you I we're gonna we both want to read this book. Was it everything? Oh yeah, is everything is illuminated. There yeah. it is right here. Yeah, let's read so, it. Okay, we're gonna read this book. I'm gonna get done this feature. Right. You're gonna get done that novel, and you're gonna send me a short story. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Well, take us take oh. us uh, take us out of here, Aya. All right. Well, uh, it's been another episode of Adulthood Friends. Thank you for joining us. I'm amazed that you've been here this long, and I hope that you get something out of it. Because I think <laughs> by episode four, it seems like we're in it for. for yeah, we're in time. it now. So, yeah. <laughs> and also, um, if you could. Uh, uh, do us the favor of uh, liking our new Facebook page and subscribing or following us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen to hear more weekly podcasts. All right. And have a nice week. Bye. Bye. Boop. <laughs>